God will see us through all of our storms. Do you need to hear that good news today? Then join us as we journey through the Old Testament book of Psalms on Through the Bible with Dr. J. Vernon McGee. I'm Steve Schwetz, and I'm so glad that you're making the study of God's Word a priority in your life today. As you hop aboard the Bible bus and find your seat, here are a couple of letters from our fellow listeners. First, we got a note from Charlie in Odessa, Texas. Getting the World Prayer Team emails each day is one of the greatest joys in my life, Charlie writes. I thank God that as prayer warriors, we are able to combine forces and pray for these faraway countries and the precious souls that are being won to Jesus. I particularly enjoyed a letter from a soldier in Eritrea, Africa. It brought me tears of joy as I praised God for the wonderful work he accomplishes through his word. I pray that God continues to bless this ministry and all the prayer warriors who go to battle on their knees. Semper Fi. Well, thanks for your letter, Charlie, and thanks for your faithful prayers. If you don't know, the Latin expression Semper Fi, by the way, often used by the United States Marine Corps, is short for Semper Fidelis, which means always faithful or always loyal. And you know it's true. We're grateful for you, our faithful prayer warriors. Our next letter comes to us from another World Prayer Team member named Gladys. Thank you for the opportunity to be on the World Prayer Team as a member. I join you from my home in Puerto Rico. It is a joy to know that people I have never met are coming to the Lord as we band together in prayer. I continually ask that the Lord would bless the teaching of Dr. McGee and to send his spirit into the lives of those who are listening so they may understand his word. May many more hear and be saved. Amen to that, Gladys. Thank you for your letter and for joining us in prayer. Well, if you'd like to join Charlie, Gladys, and me, and thousands of other Through the Bible listeners as we travel the world on our knees praying for God's Word to change the hearts and lives of all who hear it, sign up today at ttb.org forward slash pray. Let's do that together now. Lord, we're so thankful for the comfort that's found in your Word. May your Spirit minister to us as needed. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. It's time for our study of Psalm 29 and 30 on Through the Bible with Dr. J. Vernon McGee. Now today, as we come to the 29th Psalm, we come to a nature psalm. It's not the first one that we've had. We had in Psalm 8. When I consider the heavens, the work of thy fingers, the moon and stars that thou hast made. And that's a night psalm. It's to be read on a good, clear night. And then Psalm 19 was a nature psalm. Heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament showeth his handiwork. And the sun's like a bridegroom. <laughs> That's to be read at high noon. And it's a daytime psalm. But Psalm 29 is a psalm for the storm, because this is a psalm that describes a storm. And here you have, during a storm, the gloom of a tempest, the thunder rolls, the lightning flashes, and there's terror on every side. This is a storm like several years ago. I don't know how long ago. It wasn't too long ago when Camille hit the Gulf Coast down the other side of New Orleans, around Gulfport, Mississippi. And that hurricane hurled its might against the coast there and did millions of dollars worth of damage. And in an apartment there, a group of couples decided to have a hurricane party. It was a great big beer bus. They all began to drink, and I suppose got drunk. 
And it's too bad they didn't read Psalm 29. That's the psalm for Camille. And I think most of those people were killed when that storm hit. Well, if you're really afraid of a storm, there's a very pragmatic reason then for you to read this psalm. It's a message for the time of a storm down here in nature. And many folk who listen to this program are in a section of the country where even today they're subject to storms like this. Now, the structure of this psalm is quite interesting. fact of the matter is we have the structure of it, and I'd like to look at it like this. First, the structure of the psalm, the setting of the psalm, and the subject of the psalm. Now, in Hebrew poetry, and this is Hebrew poetry of the highest order, Ewald said this psalm is elaborated with a symmetry of which no more perfect specimen exists in Hebrew. And Dalich called this psalm the psalm of the seven thunders. And he mentioned the fact that it's the time of a thunderstorm. And Dr. Peroni said this psalm is a magnificent description of a thunderstorm. It's mighty march from north to south, a desolation and terror which it causes, the peal of thunder, the flash of lightning, the gathering fury, and lull of the elements are vividly depicted. And end of that quotation. So this is a psalm that is a psalm of Hebrew poetry and describing a storm. Now, Hebrew poetry is not attained by rhyming. That's the way we get poetry today, words that sound alike. Here's an example. It's one of these little ditties. I shoot the hippopotamus with bullets made of platinum. If I use lead ones, his hide was sure to flatten them. Now, that's our kind of poetry. That's not exactly Shakespeare, but it's poetry for us today. Now, Hebrew poetry is attained by what is known as parallelism. That is, repeating an idea in a different way and generally amplifying it and enlarging upon it. Now, this psalm sweeps along with all the freedom and majesty of a storm. There's sort of a lilting triumph here, a glorious abandon, a courageous exultation. Now, I divide this psalm here into the prologue and the epilogue and the subject. The first two verses are a prologue. And when you read those, it goes like this. Here's the prologue. Give unto the Lord, O ye mighty, give unto the Lord glory and strength. Give unto the Lord the glory due his name. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Now, David here lifts our thoughts to the very highest. Now, the epilogue is the last two verses. And here you have in verses 10 and 11 this language. The Lord sitteth upon the flood. Yea, the Lord sitteth king forever. The Lord will give strength unto his people. The Lord will bless his people with peace. Now, you see that storm with all of its fury lashed across the land. But Jehovah was still in control, and the storms of life break today, but he's still in control. Now we come to the subject, and from verses 3 to 10, you have here the voice of the Lord. And seven times the voice of the Lord is mentioned. Verse 3, the voice of the Lord is upon the waters. Verse 4, the voice of the Lord is powerful. 
The voice of the Lord is full of majesty. The voice of the Lord breaketh the cedars. Yea, the Lord breaketh the cedars of Lebanon. Now, that is the division that we have. Now, we've said a word about the beginning and the end. And notice the setting here of the psalm. Now, David wrote this psalm. And he was an outdoor man. He was not bottled up in an office or not held down to a throne. He was not outdoors here, however, because when this storm came, he was in Jerusalem. Jerusalem was beautiful for situation. He was up at Mount Zion, the highest point, had a palace of cedar. He could view the whole land, and he could look up yonder to the northeast, and he could see this cloud that was beginning to gather, and a storm was getting ready to break. I think that most of us are acquainted with the geography of the Holy Land, And if you're not, why don't you turn right now to the map in the back of your Bible? And we're told here something about the waters. The voice of the Lord is upon the waters. The God of glory thundereth. The Lord is upon many waters. Now, the Mediterranean Sea, as you look at your maps on your left, and yonder in the north, there is the Lebanon, two ranges of mountains, the anti-Lebanon range, And then there's Mount Carmel up there, Hyphen, Mount Hermon, and the Sea of Galilee. Now you have on the east, Sea of Galilee, Valley of Esdraelon, Jordan is there to the right and to the east, the Dead Sea. And then there is Mount Ebal and Gerizim and Samaria and the rugged terrain that's immediately north. Bethel and Ai and Anathoth, right north of Jerusalem. Now, you're in Jerusalem, and to the west, again, you see Joppa. To the east, you see Jericho. And to the south is the wilderness of Judea, and it's frightful and ominous. And David and Amos knew how to survive in that wilderness. There was a bishop from San Francisco several years ago. He wasn't able to survive there. In fact, that's where he perished. But David would have known how to have gotten by. Now we come to the subject, and this is important now. This thunderstorm that swept over the entire land, and this is certainly a magnificent description of a thunderstorm, as Ewald puts it. Now we have three strophes here, verses 3 and 4. The voice of the Lord is upon the waters. God of glory thundereth. The Lord is upon many waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is full of majesty. Now, that's the beginning of the storm. Way up there in the northwest, there's distant thunder. There's lightning. The storm is gathering. And then we see the storm now breaking because by this time, the storm is moving down. And the voice of Jehovah's the thunder. And David is there in the palace in Jerusalem. And he sees that storm gathering In the distance in the northwest, clouds, as they begin to gather and the wind begins to blow, then they become black and angry clouds and hide the sun, and it's as dark as midday. And then there's the low rumble of the thunder and the flash of the lightning, and it's streaked and forked. It's not a summer shower, not an ordinary storm. It's like Camille a few years ago. And then it breaks on the Mediterranean coast. Waves roll high. It breaks with the sound of a cannon on the shore. 
and the angry waves mount up, and then the storm strikes inland. And you see the mighty march from north to south. And Jerusalem will not escape, and it comes closer. The voice of the Lord's powerful. You can now hear that thunder. It shakes everything. The voice of the Lord is full of majesty, awe-inspiring. And it strikes the cedars of Lebanon, the lightning does. The voice of the Lord breaketh the cedars. Yea, the Lord breaketh the cedars of Lebanon. And that thunder rolls and rumbles. Lebanon is shaken, and the trees are struck by lightning. And Mount Hermon is just shaken, because it's just like a dog shakes a rabbit. And the storm draws near, and it's majestic, and it's awe-inspiring approach. And it rolls along with the rhythm of the thunder and the lightning over the hills. Here it comes, my friend, as it begins to roll. And will you notice this? We have here verse 6, He maketh them also to skip like a calf, Lebanon and Syrian, like a young wild ox. The voice of the Lord divideth the flames of fire. Now the lightning is near now. Forked lightning pops and crackles like heavy guns in a battle and the storm breaks with all its fury. It's a savage hurricane that slams against Jerusalem. The shutters are slammed too. Streets are deserted, and it's the lull before the storm now. And you have the hush before the sledgehammer blow comes. Only the barking of a dog in the distance of the Kidron Valley can be heard. And now it comes. Rain descends in torrents. The savage winds hurl themselves against the walls of Jerusalem. A shutter breaks loose, banging and making a tremendous noise. David has been through this before, and he waits patiently. He listens to the voice of Jehovah. The voice of the Lord divideth the flames of fire. The voice of the Lord shaketh the wilderness. The Lord shaketh the wilderness of Kadesh. Now, the storm you see is passing over, and the rains let up, and the winds die down, and the people begin to open their shutters. The storm is departing, but it's now advancing upon the wilderness of Judea to the south and to the west. Kadesh is down there. Storm now spent in the wilderness of Sinai. The air is fresh, and you hear the roar of the water down in the Kidron Valley. Now listen to verse 9. Voice of the Lord maketh the hinds to calve, and strippeth bare the forest, and in his temple doth every one speak of his glory. Now, it did accomplish some good. Animals were frightened, causing some animals that were carrying young to give birth. There was no prolonged pain. But it also caused some people to go to the temple that haven't been doing that for a long time. And they went there to call upon God. Now the storm dies away, disappears in the south. Now we have the epilogue here, verse 10. The Lord sitteth upon the flood, yea, the Lord sitteth king forever. God was in charge of the storm all the time. God was in charge at the flood. And now in verse 11, the Lord will give strength unto his people. The Lord will bless his people with peace. Now the Lord is the one who gives strength. Oh, the power of God in a storm. And that same God can strengthen those. And it will enable them to go through the storms of life 
know what the peace is afterward. Now, I'm sure that you've anticipated me because as we've gone through the Psalms, why I've called attention to this before. The application, I think, is here. The great tribulation is ahead for these people, but God will see them through it. Armageddon is coming. The enemy comes from the north and will cover the land. That's a wonderful message. That's there, but as a message for you and me today. Now, you see that you and I today, we belong to a new creation. We do not belong to the old creation. We belong to the last Adam. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away and all things have become new. That's the reason I don't keep the Sabbath day. It belongs to the old creation. And somebody says, when was the Sabbath day changed? It never was changed. We've been changed. We now join to a living Christ. And our new day is the first day of the week. It's the day of resurrection. And now Adam was given dominion over creation. He lost it, and Christ has recovered it. And this old creation, therefore, it furnishes us a pattern. And it's an illustration for us. And I think the message is here for us today. Now, there are storms in the new creation, spiritual storms, storms that threaten to destroy us. You that are God's children, you've been through the storms, and some of you even now are in a storm. And the last Adam, he's master of the storm. He went through the storms with his own. Remember, he saw them toiling and rowing when he sent them that night across the Sea of Galilee. And we're told that he came to them in the storm. And they cried out, Carest thou not that we perish? And he quieted the storm. He doesn't always quiet the storm for his friends, but he whispers to us and says, We're going to make the harbor. That's important. And I think today, of those that are in a storm, there's a little Eskimo mother way up in Alaska. She's listening to this program right now. She lost a son in the war over at Vietnam, snowed in in the wintertime, and she wrote and told me about listening to the program and how it was helping her to carry through. May I say to you, she's going through a storm up there, but God's going to see her through it. The storm's going to be over one of these days. And there's a family here in Southern California, and I know what they're going through. They're in a storm. There's a broker up yonder in San Francisco. He wrote me and told me. And a wife wrote some time ago, I think I would have lost my mind if it wasn't for the fact the Lord Jesus stood by me. I was over in Flagstaff, Arizona some time ago. And while I was preaching, there was a storm that gathered. And then by the time it was time for me to leave, and I was taking the train, thank the Lord I wasn't flying out of there. And I went down to catch a train. Oh, friend the thunder, the lightning, the rain that came down. And then before the train came in, the moon came out. It was so beautiful, so wonderful. Are you going through a storm? Two things. He's going to see you through it. <laughs> and then the storm's going to be over, friends. Someday the storm will be over. Now that brings me to the 30th chapter. And again today, I'm just going to hit the high points of this chapter. It's a wonderful chapter. And it's a psalm of praise and worship. You see, there's an order here in the psalms. And we said this is a segment that belongs together. And after the storm of life is over, there's a psalm. And this is a sort of a song of dedication. 
Some have thought that David wrote this because of the time he brought up the tabernacle into Jerusalem. Others, when he dedicated that spot, the threshing floor around where the temple was to be built. And then, after all, God had said to him, I'm going to make of you a house. I'm going to build you a house, David. And maybe it was that that he's talking about in this wonderful psalm. Anyway, the children of Israel, even today, in a Jewish ritual at the Feast of Hanukkah, the Feast of Dedication, that refers to 1 Maccabees 4.52, why this psalm is read, because it's a psalm of dedication. And listen to it. I will extol thee, O Lord, for thou hast lifted me up. What a wonderful thing. And hast not made my foe to rejoice over me. O Lord, my God, I cried unto thee, thou hast healed me. Now, it's the belief of a great many that this man David had been sick as Hezekiah was, and God had raised him up. I'm of the opinion that's true, but we have no record of what that sickness was at all. But we're told here that God healed him. And this psalm I like because God did the same thing for me in such a wonderful way. I want to tell you about it in detail sometime when I have time. But verse 3, O Lord, thou hast brought up my soul from Sheol. Thou hast kept me alive that I should not go down to the pit. May I say to you, I don't know about you, I can sing this psalm. I can't sing, but I can at least say this psalm has a meaning for me. Sing unto the Lord, O ye saints of his, and give thanks at the remembrance of what? His love, his goodness, no, his holiness. Our God's a holy God. We ought to thank him for that, that a holy God will deal with us. For his anger endureth but a moment, and you see the storm will be over. And even if he judges us, and I found out that he's taken me to the woodshed on two or three occasions. My dad used to do that. I was accustomed to it. When my dad died and I was 14, and then just shortly after that, I came to the Lord, and then he's been taking me to the woodshed ever since. And it, it's not easy, friends, but his anger doesn't last forever. It's just for a moment. And then he says down here, verse 8, I cried to thee, O Lord, and unto the Lord I made supplication. What profit is there in my blood when I go down to the pit? And I told the Lord that. I said, Lord, I'd love to stay in this life. I'm going to be with you a long time when I get there, but I'd love to stay down here. David talked like that. I feel akin to this man here, especially when he talks like this. Friends, you'll find a psalm that fits you. I believe that every person can find a psalm that'll be just your size. This one's my size. Listen to him to the end that my glory may sing praise to thee and not be silent. O oh Lord, my God, I will give thanks unto thee forever. I don't think I could improve on that by saying anything but what David said, because this is what I want to say, and I hope it's what you want to say. Until next time, may God richly bless you, my beloved. Have you found a psalm that fits you? Maybe even more than one? Well, if not, we still got plenty more to choose from in the coming weeks. And if you haven't yet downloaded your free copy of Dr. McGee's Notes and Outlines for Psalms, they're available for free in a couple of different formats. First, you can download them by individual book by visiting ttb.org forward slash notes, 
or you can download our digital book, Briefing the Bible, that compiles the notes and outlines for all of Dr. McGee's five-year studies in one volume. And then you can also get an abbreviated paperback version of that called Briefing the Bible sent to you for free simply by calling 1-800-65-BIBLE. So many different options. Or you can go ahead and download the complete version in the resources section of ttb.org. So while you're at ttb.org, if you haven't already downloaded your free copy of our Bible Companion for Psalms, now's a great time. And I know I say it a lot, but this resource is such a great complement to all that we're learning on the Bible bus, so don't miss it. Well, it's Friday. Is anyone else happy about the weekend coming up? I know I sure am. Got any big plans or projects? Well, whatever's on your agenda, make sure that you get some time set aside to join me for another one of Dr. McGee's never-aired sermons, The Psalm of the Lily. You're going to love this message. It's from Psalm 45. To listen online, download our app, or see if your station carries a Sunday sermon, visit us at ttb.org. I'm Steve Schwetz, and as always, I'll meet you back here next time as we continue to make our way through the Bible. Today's study is always available, free to stream or download, thanks to the generous and faithful investments from your fellow Bible bus travelers. Just go to ttb.org or download our app to listen again anytime. As always, we'd love to know what's God teaching you.